Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. I nearly said a sports, sports cast about pod ball for the rest have, of us. I have almost said that so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike other sports cast pod ball <laughs> episodes, we talk about sports without assuming you out there in listener land know everything that there is to know about future considerations or interference calls. Today is May 2nd. We are in the lovely month of May, and I am Nancy. I am your basketball enthusiast, and I am joined by in the blue room here. I'm Rebecca. I'm your hockey expert. <laughs> there were some air quotes there for all our listeners. And who else do we have with us? And I am Rachel, and I'm your baseball guru. Yay. Excellent. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a whole long list of things to talk about, but I think we're going to touch on them all maybe somewhat briefly. Uh, and Matilda has begun to join us by shouting in the background. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, Matilda. Cat who lives in my house. Uh, yes, hairball expert, I believe. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Very much so. She can uh, she can talk about length and duration and production. And, yeah, we yeah. can just move on. I have four cats. <laughs> I don't need to have a whole conversation about that. Valid point. All right. So first up, we're going to talk about women's sports. Uh, because we have stated, and I think are doing a pretty good job at sticking to this, of really wanting to prioritize the women's games uh, over the men's sports, which frankly gets plenty of fucking attention from everybody else in the world all the time anyway. It also ties into one of the things we're going to talk about later, which is uh, a particular man having a particular bad take on women's sports. So we're going to put him at the end of the podcast, <laughs> and we're going to start with women's sports. So first of all, I just wanted to say that the WNBA has released their schedule and it is starting very, very soon. We have the preseason beginning Wednesday, May 5th. So that's this Wednesday. Uh, relevant to you, Rebecca, because it's the Atlanta Dream uh, playing the Washington Mystics. Awesome. And for those of you listening at home, that's like a week and a half ago. True. <laughs> this will have started already by the time you listen. But it's perfect because that's the preseason, which right. runs through uh, May 11th. And then the actual season starts Friday, May 14th. So this will probably come out right around the time that happens. Cool. So that'll be great. Friday, May 14th, four games on that day. Indiana Fever, the New York Liberty, the Connecticut Sun, the Atlanta Dream, the Phoenix Mercury, the Minnesota Lynx, the Dallas Wings, and the Los Angeles Sparks. Neither Seattle nor Chicago, the two teams I follow, they both play on the next day on <laughs> Saturday. So that's exciting. Um, How long does that season run? Uh, it runs, I want to say into September, but I'm just scrolling real fast here to let's, let's find out. Uh, July, see more. We're going to see how fast my computer can load. August. Uh, yeah, into, into September. Still, still see more. Uh, cause nothing is easy. You can't just like search these things and get an unambiguous answer, you know, cause the internet, too easy. which brings me to a thing that, uh, came up on Twitter this uh, this week, which is that there is no good spot, no good app, no good website to see all women's game schedules all the time. And this is actually a thing that we had already started talking about, which I thought was terrific because it's very much that sort of serendipitous, like you have an idea or a problem and also so do all these other people. So we should all pull together and solve it. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of external validation for this idea exactly. that Nancy yeah. had that we're like, is this really a thing? people want and then they were talking right. about it 
Right, right, right. Because one of the questions I had said was, is this just a me thing? And no, apparently it's not. So uh, at least through September 19th is the answer to your question. Probably it goes into playoffs after that, because that's okay. as far as the schedule wants to show. But yeah, that's great. So that's the WNBA coming soon. Also, there have been some really great threads on Twitter about the WNBA jerseys and uniforms this year, uh, some of which are very cool. And also about uh, the different teams and how to get to know the folks on the teams who are not superstars necessarily and like how the different teams pick their players. It's really fun. Uh, the WNBA in particular, but women's sports players in general, I think are super on social media. So if you're on TikTok, if you're on Facebook, if you're on, well, maybe not Facebook, Twitter, uh, they are on it all the time and they share a lot of really fun content. So it's really easy, I think, to find a team and find some players and really get engaged and familiar and comfortable with them just right off the bat, which is super fun. So that's the WNBA. So go, I, go I did just want to add to the WNBA, a normal season is 36 games, and this season mm -hmm. is going to be 32, 16 at home and 16 on the road. Oh. Um, okay. Each team is going to play three games versus 10 opponents and two games against one from the opposite conference. So that's the that's the big difference between this year, pandemic year, and a quote-unquote normal year. Did you see anything that specifically said that they're limiting it because of the pandemic? Because I hadn't seen that. Uh, yes, it's because of the pandemic and the Olympic break. Oh, the Olympic break. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, fine. Yeah. fine. We'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so they're going to break from July 15th through August 11th, which is sure. why the regular season isn't going to conclude until mid to late September. Yeah, because it doesn't usually stretch that far. I right. was a little surprised by that. But Okay, cool. Well, thank you for that. That's mm -hmm. some excellent clarity. Uh, up next, women's soccer. Uh, the Challenge Cup has been going on for a little bit. It's coming uh, to an end soon. I have not yet had a chance to catch any of the full games, but I have seen some highlights, which are pretty good. Uh, and today there are a couple games. And then the big thing is that Saturday, May 8th, the finals are going to be on actual CBS, real TV, no Ooh. extra acronyms added. Ah. So we should all try and watch that. That's awesome. That would be a really good thing. Yeah. Um, it is not yet determined who will be playing. Looks like uh, contenders at this point include, uh, well, the Courage, the Pride, New York, uh, Gotham FC, Racing Louisville, Houston Dash and the Portland Thorns are playing this evening. Kansas City and OL Reign are playing on Monday. And then Saturday is finals. So that that is exciting. That is a thing that we should all pay attention to. And last but not least, the Athletes Unlimited is going gangbusters. Um, they, are, they have announced a new season for volleyball. Um, they are also doing a uh, professional uh, lacrosse league uh, yep. coming soon, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and that's in your area, Rebecca. It's in the, yeah. the D.C. area. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, you should see if you want to go to some games. Yeah, I have, um, to, I have to feel up to see how I feel about that, like physically and emotionally, the like physical sure, sure, spaces sure. with other people. Otherwise, yeah. mm -hmm. all in. <laughs> It is outdoors, so yes. that helps. Yeah, except that I have to be outdoors where it's like hot and sweaty and buggy. <laughs> uh. 
Sorry. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, they are doing a college draft and open tryouts uh, for softball, which I believe the season for that starts in August. So that's going to be up your alley there, Rachel. Yep. And uh, I was uh, going to to ask you if you wanted to go do the uh, open tryouts. Could fly to Illinois and uh, show them what we got. That would be amazing. <laughs> She's I mean, just... I can hit a ball pretty well. <laughs> I don't know if you lost me more on the tryout or the fly to Illinois part. That's Honestly, true. It could be either. <laughs> In case it's never come up, I hate flying. I have a terrible flying phobia. I actually wouldn't mind going back to Illinois and seeing my family, but if it involves getting on a plane, I'm not a fan. So uh, that's women's. So that's the reason we the won't be playing on the uh, athletes yes, unlimited softball. The one and only yes. reason. Yes. Yes, because you are too kind to go without me. You wouldn't want to leave me behind. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I need to be crossing an ocean before I put my butt on a fucking plane. Because otherwise, <laughs> it's not worth it to me. Fair. Yep. Uh, women's sports. There you go. It's great. Everybody should watch more of them. Um, there's also, I gotta say, I've been trying to dig into our Twitter a little bit more. And I've been finding more and more accounts that like really talk a lot about uh, women's sports, which is terrific. And it's been really fun to see who's out there saying what. And I also want to promote a newsletter um, that I'm going to reference later, which is that uh, is called the Goals Newsletter. Um, and they it's uh, Goals Newsletter. One of our goals is to create a global community of sport that values women as much as it values men. It's a big goal, but we know that together we will change the game. Thanks for being here. Uh, you can find them on Twitter, Goals, all capitals, G-O-A-L-S. And it's a really good little newsletter. It's got a lot of news bits. Um, Wait, is their whole Twitter account just goals? Do you mean in terms of content? Like, or no, 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 the, the name of it. <laughs> yeah. Let me look. I was going to say, because if they really got just at goals, goals that would be was, really that's pretty amazing. I mean, that is like, that's the, that's the name of it. I don't know if that's the handle because I don't remember handles. My brain doesn't work this way. So let's, let me look. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, though, that they mentioned in their newsletter is why women's sports is a particularly good investment. And this jives with my own personal experience, because I messaged you both this past week, or maybe I tweeted about it and was like, hey, I just bought some secret deodorant, and I'm mm-hmm. really happy about it because they have sustainable packaging and non-aluminum deodorant, which is really hard to find, both those things. And I'm super into it because I'm a hippie and I you know, want no plastic in my products. Um, but the reason I went and looked at secret deodorant in the first place is because they're a sponsor of a bunch of women's sports. And one of the things that the goals, uh, newsletter says is exactly that women are more likely to buy a product specifically because Mm -hmm. it supports women's sports Mm -hmm. than any other demographic. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a company (laughs) it's a low bar for entry. You don't have to put in a lot of money and you get a big return on your investment. So I thought that was cool. It's goals underscore sports underscore is the Twitter handle. Weekly women's sports biz newsletter drops every Friday and they've got a link to sign up for it on the Twitter page. Yeah, I think it was in that same article that you sent to us that talked about Simone Biles. Yep. Um, she didn't like her, her Nike contract ended and she didn't resign with them. She signed with Athleta, which I think mm-hmm. is awesome. Yes. Cause like her voice and her presence is huge in sports. And so for her to 
not work with Nike anymore says something. And for mm-hmm. her to sign with a primarily women brand says something. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely right. And it was in the same uh, same newsletter. They also had a, since I'm staring at it, I'm going to just read this right here. And they have a numbers to know section and it says, uh, it was yet again a big week for growth of women's sports. The NCAA D1 Women's Volleyball Championship game had 696,000 viewers, which made it the most viewed broadcast on all of ESPN2 in April, which is amazing. That is amazing. And six NWSL teams made the front office sports trending 20 leaderboard this week that measures cross-platform engagement. Racing Louisville FC and KC in WSL claimed the first and second place spots, outperforming all sports teams, male or female. So that's the other piece, right? In terms of investing, like women's sports and women's sports fans and women's sports players tend to be way, way more engaged in terms of Mm. like an online presence way. And so you get that that word of mouth and that strong community where you get people who will be like, well, okay, I watched women's sports and Secret seems to be supporting a bunch of them. So I'm going to go buy Secret deodorant and I'm going to immediately go tell my tw- friends and tweet about it, mm-hmm. which is literally what I did. And, well, <laughs> you know, just. And, and numbers like that show that the people who say there's no there's no interest in women's sports, it doesn't have the same levels of engagement. The reason it doesn't have the same levels of engagement is because it doesn't have the same levels of uh, publicity. Yep. But it yeah. would have the same levels of engagement or more if right. if it was actually accessible. Right. And this is why you have to compare things based on like proportionality yep. and stats rather than mm-hmm. raw numbers. Yep. Um, so, but we're saving Draymond for later in the episode. Rebecca. So, <laughs> so I'm going to move ahead and hand it over to you for okay. an NHL playoffs update yeah so um the the heartbreaking piece of this is that the flyers are officially out of the out of the playoffs um they've been like mathematically disqualified like not disqualified but they're mathematically nowhere near going to get to the playoffs anymore um they are the first thank you thank you they (laughs) are the first of the four major sports teams to have gone 10 years in a row, alternating, making and missing the playoffs. <laughs> so every year, made it, next year, not made it. Made it, missed it, made it, missed it, made it, missed it. So, so they're like Star Trek movies? That's something. Like every other year is good? <laughs> yes. Yes, okay. exactly. They're like Star Trek movies without Chris Pine. No? Well, well Into we Darkness was a I was going to say, show, Nancy's so... about to, to bring Into Darkness into this <laughs> argument. So. Okay. Okay, we'll save that. That needs to be, if I ever had, I'm not into destruction, generally speaking, but if I ever had the chance to like take the masters of Into Darkness, set them in a dumpster and light it on fire, I would do that. Okay, fair. Fair. We'll save (laughs) that. The other two are real good, though. (laughs) Okay, so it's exactly like the Star Trek movie franchise. Very well. Um, The Capitals, on the other hand, and the Avalanche have both clinched playoff berths. Um... And the stars are, I don't know what they're doing. They're like wavering on, they can't decide whether they want to make it in or not. Yeah. Do the stars <laughs> know what they're doing? Because that doesn't seem evident based on they what I've do seen. They do not. They absolutely okay. do not know what they're doing. They they have moments of brilliance. They played a game, um, I'm going to say it was against the Red Wings the other day, where they had 52 shots on goal. That is 
bonkers and bananas. Like there are some games where they have so much offense that that like they should be scoring at five times the rate that they are. And then there are other games that they play where it's like they've they've forgotten how to hockey. So they are currently as of as of May 2nd, they are 3 points behind the Nashville Predators for the fourth spot in the Central Division which would get them to the playoffs. They have one game in hand on the Predators, which means the Predators have played one more game so far this season than the Stars. So they have three points to make up. They have one extra game to play, and you get two points for every win, one point for going into overtime, and zero points for a loss. So when the Stars played, excuse me, the Predators yesterday... They needed to win that game in regulation so they could get two points and the Predators would get zero points. Instead, it went to overtime and the Stars got one point and the Predators got two. So instead of like closing the gap, they've just let it expand even more. Um, But like I said, they do have one game in hand. So I don't know if they figure out how to remember to play hockey. I do think there's a good chance they'll make it. Now, if they do make it, I don't think they will go far in the playoffs the way that they're playing now, which is unfortunate. Because, remember, the Stars made it into the Stanley Cup Finals last year, and they were amazing. So this is very disappointing. But they're also, like, our age, so they're old. They're on their last legs. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> they got funny. one foot in the grave. <laughs> um, the, the Caps and the Stars are both two of the oldest teams in the league. So yes, they are they are old old men. Yes, um, interestingly, in the North, which is the Canadian division, only one team has clinched so far, and that's the Toronto Maple Leafs. So with six ish games left to play for everyone except Vancouver, who had to pause for I want to say twenty four days because they had that terrible um, Brazilian strain of COVID and. Like, we're getting nursing care in their homes. They have 11 games left to play. Um, And I think that's largely why no one has clinched yet, because Vancouver has so many more games to play left than everybody else. They have so much more ground that they can still make up. So in, um, in all of the other divisions, the three teams have already made it, and in the North, only one out of four, which I just thought was interesting. So I'm calling it here. The Stars will make it into the playoffs. They will not make it out of the first round. That is my very frustrating and sad prediction. I'm sorry. Maybe they will surprise you. Maybe they will. That would be lovely. Yeah, it depends on which team shows up. It's true. Though I would also (laughs) really love to see a Caps-Avs Stanley Cup final. Ah, that'd be cool. It would be amazing. I I just want it to not be... The fucking Vegas Golden Knights. That's just kind of where I'm living right now. I don't want it to be the goddamn Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, fair. That's also fair. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I have I to mean, scream about the Sharks for a minute. Or I'm the, sorry. Or the cool. Bruins or the Pen. Like, there are plenty of teams I really don't want it to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't want it to be the Knights. That's that's I, fair. And they're the, because they're just, I don't know. They just make me. Because you just hate them. Just on a visceral. Yes. Thank you. I do. And What like, is it about the Knights that... Makes you so angry. It's a combination. Of Dare things. I open I mean, this uh, this box of worms? 
Can of worms? Uh, Whatever you keep worms in. Jar of worms. Boxes? I don't keep worms. <laughs> I don't keep them anywhere. Um, yeah, so, I mean, they're, they're a new team, and they came up and had some really tough games with the Sharks, which the Sharks have had some tough games with other people too, but I think the thing that really bugged me watching the games is how, and I, I genuinely don't know if the Golden Knights still have all of these players, but they had some players who really were bullies and would really like do hard, unnecessary hits and really just like beat up on the Sharks and that gets me pissy. And then also their fans are just shitty people a lot of the time <laughs> like they're so, just really aggressive and really interestingly like, nancy um mm. last year the stars had to go through the the golden knights to get to the right. finals and it was in that series that the stars got absolutely just beat to shit which yeah, is why they had that's what they do 7500 injuries in the yeah. finals against the against the tampa bay lightning yeah, no, it's absolutely true. I mean, it's the Golden Knights who put Joe Pavelski bleeding and unconscious on the ice. Like, that's, Oof. you know. Yeah. They just, they're, you know, and it's like, it's hockey. Like, there is a certain level of, like, aggression and thumping that just goes into it. And I'm fine with that. But there's there's a difference between aggressive plays and, like, bullying on the ice. And that being, like, your main gameplay. And for them, that's what it is. And yeah. they just... And, and you see the same attitude in their fans, and I just don't like it. Like, I just viscerally dislike it. It just makes me angry. Fair. Even though they have the former Sharks coach now, Pete DeBeer. Um, I mean, I'll, and I just... I'll be honest. The, the Knights will always have a very special place in my heart because the Capitals beat them for the Stanley Cup in 2018. That's fair. <laughs> I'm very happy for you. I mean, that's and I know they've got uh, Mark Andre Mark Fleury, who is our our friend Chrissy's favorite hockey player. Oh so yeah, I like, don't care about him. I, <laughs> he played for the but, Penguins for too many years for me to have anything but animosity towards him. I know he's Rebecca a lovely person, spoken. but I can't do it. <laughs> he's he's Chrissy's he's Chrissy's player, so like I respect that. Does that mean she's also Chrissy, a Penguins fan? Great. I I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Don't tell me she is. You would actually like Chrissy. You would like Chrissy a lot. It's impossible not to like Chrissy. She's lovely. Um, (laughs) Anyway, the Sharks are, I'm not sure if they've been mathematically eliminated yet or not, but they are not going to go to the playoffs. It's very sad. And I'm just so annoyed because they just, they've hit this point where they just need to blow up the team and start over and blow up the front office and the uh, coaching staff because Bob Bugner is a terrible fucking coach and all he does is like come out after games and be angry and alternately like blame the players or complain and whine about how things are not going well and it's like well you're the fucking coach figure it out this <laughs> Won't is literally somebody do something <laughs> yes exactly this is literally what you're getting paid for to figure out, he's like, well, these players just don't, you know, they just don't have the heart. They just don't have the energy. They're just not playing together. He's, well, fucking he's saying that? Wow. Yes. Yes. He comes out and, and he's just, I, mm, he makes me really angry. Things that make me really angry. Bob Bugner and the Vegas, the Golden Knights. Um, and the front office has just done a terrible job of, like, figuring out how to put the team together and wasted a bunch of money on big contracts that haven't paid out and are ruining their sort of mid-level players because... Bob Bugner can't figure out how to fucking coach. And well, they're ruining their good players, too. They are. Like, Eric Carlson is one of the best defensemen in the league. And I'm sorry, yep. where has he been this season? 
nowhere. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, like, I have, I have very similar feelings about Elaine Vigneault, who's been the coach of the Flyers this year. Like, uh, there is so much talent on that team. The fact that he can't put together even one line of hockey that consistently mm-hmm. does well mm-hmm. says more about him than it does about anybody on that ice. Yes, exactly. And that's exactly it. What was it? It was 2018 that, uh, that the Sharks were so good that they like were in the playoffs and they were doing really well and beat the Golden Knights and went on. I think it was 2018. Maybe it was 2019. No, they didn't beat the, the Golden Knights in 2018. The Caps beat the Golden Knights in 2018. So the okay. Knights had they to get farther to along. Knights. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, in any... Maybe it was 27. Time is meaningless. I'm, it was probably it was 2019. Recent. Probably 19. It, w- it was recent uh, that the Sharks were good. Yes. And in fact, it's almost still all of the same players. And now they're terrible. Right. And it's like, what did you change here? Hmm, let me see. Well. Well, you did get rid of Joe Pavelski, who is. You got rid of Joe Pavelski, <laughs> who which was, was a terrible fucking idea. Who was a great player and a really good captain of the team. And you shoved him off. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We it was to a look s- into, like teams that are really great like league winning one year mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the next year mm-hmm. they're garbage because that seems to happen quite a lot yeah 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 so so they have basically all the same major players except Pavs. they change the coaching staff we don't have thornton anymore like, right they don't have thornton anymore but they got marlo back mm-hmm. who they didn't have at the time they're i mean as right. far as i can tell about equal in value in that yeah. regard um so you know, yeah, I'm it's really like, well, frustrating. Well, and I think uh, so. I'm so here, no. I'm so sorry, here's but... here's my prediction, Nancy. What's going to happen is mm-hmm. they're going to be coaches fired in the off season, and they're going to play musical chairs. So Bugner's going to end up in Philadelphia, and Vino's going to end up in San Jose, <laughs> and we're both still going to hate it. Yeah, that's because the that's NHL, all they do, right? Yes, just the NHL champs. does not know yep. how to find yep. new coaches. They just go with nope, the same. They do not. 32 white guys every damn time. Yep. Correct. I was thinking about this because I was thinking about Bugner and how annoying I find his like post-game press conferences in particular because he just takes no responsibility for it. It's really just he blames the players. Um, and I think part of what offends me so much about that is that I'm a manager and like on some level it's very much like the same sort of job, right? Like you are given an assortment of people. You don't always get to pick them and you are given tasks that they need to perform and you have to figure out how to make them do it in a way, you know, like in the best way possible. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do that, and if you instead just like piss and moan about the people you're given, like that means you're a bad manager, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and he gets paid a fuck of a lot more than I do. So, Mm -hmm. <laughs> Brittany and I frequently have this conversation. Oh, yeah. I just feel like, you know, it's just evidence that you're inept. So anyway, I will stop whining about it. I mean, NHL. the Buffalo Sabres have been in the bottom five of the league for the last, I don't know, five years. I could mm. coach those teams to the bottom of the league for less money oh, than yeah. they're paying those coaches. <laughs> oh, Yeah. I'd say I'd take half, but I wouldn't because that'd be a bad precedent for other female coaches. So I, I want the say, full yes, salary, yes. <laughs> and I will do a better job. 
No, I'm not even going to say I'll do a better job. I will do the same job. (laughs) Right? But if if this is where the bar is, why should I offer to do better? Just pay me the same. (laughs) Yeah. Stupid. Call us, NHL. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, Gary. What else? Anything else about the playoffs? Um, How much more of the regular season is left? uh, It depends on the team. Um, there are 56 games this season, um, in the regular season. There are some teams who have played as many as 53. So only have like, um, let's see, Florida Panthers only have three games left. Um, Buffalo mercifully only has four games left. Um, Colorado though has only played 49. So they have seven left. Vancouver has only played 45, so they have 11 left because they were out for about a month. Um, so it. Oh, that's right. This is where they're delaying the, the yeah. playoffs because of all yeah. the... That's interesting. Yeah. Which is, again, that's why I think the North um, Division doesn't have a, a playoff, you know, they, don't, they only have the one team who's clinched so far because there's still so many games for them left to be played. Right. Yeah. So... Anywhere between 11 and 3 is how many games are left for team. <laughs> Which is absurd, but... Did they confirm a start date for the playoffs, or are they just kind of waiting to see? Um, I think they have a start date, but I don't remember. I, I'll be honest, this season I have really been taking it one day at a time. Because entirely everything has been so fluid. Like... Uh, to be honest, I don't even know. I don't even know if they have plans yet for how they're going to do the, like the first round is going to be within your division. I don't mm-hmm. know how they're going to do the the next ones after that. Because I mean, the problem we still have with Canada is that at least I think the borders are still closed, mm-hmm. right? So we can't go to Canada. So we'd have to get the Canadian players here. So yeah, but then I think. There are rules because I was talking to to friend of the pod Jess about this for baseball. Like, if the Canadian hockey teams come into America, there are then a whole lot of rules about how they can go back <laughs> so, <laughs> mm-hmm. and how long yep. they have to quarantine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which can't blame Canada for that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but also yeah. sucks for the players. Yeah. Well, Rachel, yes. How A's deal with the devil going? Are they still winning uh, all the things? Or has the devil no. reneged? Yeah, I, devil's come to take his due, I think, because uh, they've had some some painful losses against... Well, they played four very close games against the Rays. Um, mm. The Rays are a good team, so fair. Um, and now they're playing the Orioles, and... Uh, not doing well. The Orioles are not great. Though, the Orioles were, I think the Yankees have now pulled ahead, but they were tied with the Yankees for last in the East. Wow. In the American League, yeah. The the standings thus far into the season, uh, about a month in, are cuckoo bananas. Um, the team with the best record in baseball right now, uh, anyone want to take a guess? Tigers. Houston. No, they've got the lowest, which, okay, you could have predicted that. So that part is not quite as cuckoo bananas. Same division, uh-huh. though. Kansas City Royals. Huh. Wow, been, all right. They won everything in, like, 2014, and they've been mm-hmm. in the garbage since. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but doing well this season. I know next to nothing about them, except they have a horrible mutant mascot who I don't <laughs> want to talk about. Um, but yeah, so the the A's are still on top of the AL West, which is great. Uh, unfortunately, Houston's kind of right at their heels. Um, mm. So they need to win this current game against Baltimore. But uh, yeah, so the, the Yankees are, are coming up. But in the um, NL West, where the big thing has been the Dodgers versus the Padres, right? Because the Padres have all this mm-hmm. great young talent right. and the Dodgers have more money than God. So they've got... So that's been the big thing. On the top of the NLS right now, the Giants. Whoa. So, Which yeah. version? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody's guess. Um, <laughs> the current San Francisco version of the Giants. Are, it's not a big lead, but they're, uh, they're one game ahead of the uh, Dodgers and the, the Padres. Well, the Giants were good. So, I mean, they won what? They won the World Series in like... I want to say 2010, 2012, and 2014 or mm-hmm. something like that. It went back and forth yeah. a couple of years. Yeah, and they have some really good individual players on the team. They just haven't been able mm-hmm. to make it click the past few years. Mm-hmm. And it's just been like there's been so much invested in this Dodgers versus Padres showdown. Um, and they did have some really good games that went, you know, went into crazy extra innings. And there was some mm-hmm. big offense late in the game, which is always exciting. Um, but yeah, so that's been the main story, and yet the Giants are beating both of them. So, so while you were talking about that, I wanted to just look up. I, I wanted to look up the standings, and so I happen to look at the games that are going on right now. Um, oh. Wait a minute, the Reds just beat the Cubs thirteen to twelve in ten innings. Oh. The Royals are losing four to thirteen against the Twins. <laughs> And the Dodgers are winning 16 to 4 against the Brewers. Wow. I, and so then I also did a quick Google of like, what's a common score in baseball? And it looks like it's not that. It, no, <laughs> no, it's roughly like, it's like three to two, two, three, four. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cause I, I was just shocked by the number of games that had hit double digits already. So that, yep. nothing about the standings. I was just, I mean, the Royals might be, maybe falling out of the top standings at this rate. I mean, mm. they got to lose quite a few to fall out of the top standings. I guess that's true. Uh, but that's bananas. Yeah, it's it's been a, a pretty kooky season so far. And again, you know, it's only a month into the season. This all could completely change. But yeah, it's been, it's been weird. And how's, um, uh, how's our buddy Matt Olson doing? Uh, he's, he's playing today. <laughs> Is he really? Uh, yeah, he just hit a home run, which oh, so Oh man. I need a uh, picture. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh it's a quite a shiner. So <laughs> Matt Olson, the A's uh first baseman, is on a hot hitting streak lately, which is great, but he was taking batting practice the other day, like Thursday or Friday, and hit a ball so hard that it bounced off the screen that protects the pitching machine, came back and hit him in the eye. Ooh! And gave him a nasty black eye. Damn. Yeah. So fortunately, nothing was broken. He did not have a concussion. So it's okay. We can joke about it because there was no permanent <laughs> lasting damage. But it was just, and such a, like, he's doing so well that you hate for, you know, yeah. of mm-hmm. all the times for this stupid accident to happen. Um, but yeah, he's playing today. And I just looked up to see, I 
may or may not have the game on mm, mute mm-hmm. uh, here so I can check in. How dare uh, you? <laughs> I would never do such a thing. <laughs> no, you'd have uh-huh. at least two to three games on in the background. Um, but yeah, he just uh, hit a home run and his left eye was uh, significantly swollen. But apparently, oh. according to Bob Melvin, you could see his pupil as of yesterday. So You know what? That's, oh. that's really impressive, though, that he can still hit like that. Because I've got to imagine his depth perception is really it's fucked up great. right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, wow. and I gotta say, as somebody who... Uh, broke my nose and thus had, you know, some black playing eye softball. Stuff. Playing softball. Uh, had a black eye. Uh, running did not feel good uh, on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, if nothing Ouch. is broken in his, it may not hurt as much, but I can't imagine it feels good. <laughs> on the other hand, not. he's a pro athlete. They're probably giving him the good drugs. So, yeah. Though I'm not sure, I haven't seen if he's actually playing first, if he's designated hitter uh, right now. Because they got a couple of outfielders that can play first base now, mm, which is wow. good, mm-hmm. uh, which they have unfortunately needed. But yeah, so we'll see how that develops. They've, you know, ever since the, the win streak, they have, you know, all of a sudden looked like a, a different team, a less mm. good team. Mm. Um, so what we're saying is whomever offered up their soul, it wasn't worth as much as we had hoped. Yeah, I hope okay. they got more out of it than just the 13 <laughs> games, because that helped a lot. I won't mm-hmm. lie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, Satan might have found out some things <laughs> that he didn't know <laughs> the contract upon was initially making the contract. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how that goes. And so the only other thing I wanted to talk about in terms of baseball is... I couldn't actually find evidence that people are are putting together a conspiracy theory here, but it seems as though the umpiring (laughs) has been especially bad this season. Mm. And it it could be all kinds of confirmation bias, recency bias, all that kind of stuff. But there have been some very high profile, very wacky bad calls. Mm. Um, the A's recently had one against the Orioles um, from the last series they played. And the A's did end up winning the game, but um, involved Tony Kemp sliding into home base and um, being called out. And then the video replay pretty clearly showed that he was safe. Mm. Um, but they took a long time on the, the headset to, the, to New York to overturn it and didn't overturn it. The call was confirmed. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was weird. And even weirder was a call uh, in a Marlins versus Brewers game. So a defender is not supposed to obstruct the path of a base runner, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not right. supposed to be able to physically not get in the, the path of the runner, yes, and right. wave your arms and or try to tackle him to the ground. Um and the base runner establishes their own path. So there's not like a set, you know, chalk line base to base that the defender can't get in. The defender has to look up and see, you know, is the base runner coming straight at me? But at the same time, the base runner can't deviate from their path to avoid a tag. Well, uh, there was a, I forget the individual players involved, but um, hit a, a small grounder trickling up the first baseline. Pitcher comes over, Brewer's pitcher comes over to pick it up, toss it to the first baseman. First baseman catches it, the Marlins runner, clearly out. Not, you know, it's not not really even close. Um, maybe even been a bunt, I don't remember. But um, the the call at the base is safe. And hmm. everybody's, you know, kind of looking around like, what 
what's going on. And baseball does the weird thing where um, you don't exactly know what the umpire's thinking, like their Mm. reasoning behind the call. They don't Mm. announce that. Mm-hmm. So the commentators have to kind of figure out what's going on. So, and, But I think this was confirmed later that it was called interference on the base path from the, the pitcher running over to pick up the ball. Oh. And there was no, inter- like, there was a good six to eight feet between, like, he never got in the way of the, the base runner. It was just a really bizarre call. <laughs> and it's not a reviewable play. Um, other umpires can... Like, if two umpires have different calls on the same play, they can have a little conference and put their heads together, and the head umpire can overturn it. Um, which, I, I don't know a whole lot about that process, but, um, and, and umpires can reverse their own calls. You don't see it a whole lot. But they mm-hmm. are allowed to say, no, wait, I was mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but why would an American man ever admit that they're <laughs> wrong, right? Um, so... Yeah, it was just a bizarre play. And even our old friend Brad Ziegler, who we haven't ha- talked about in a while, because I don't think he's playing pro ball anymore, the, the Marlins pitcher who gave me so many headaches, um, said, <laughs> you know, I love to see the Marlins win every game they can, but this was just weird. <laughs> and there have been a few calls like that of just, you know, really bizarre things. And I heard <laughs> a couple people talking on Twitter, uh, alas, it doesn't seem to have amounted to a conspiracy theory. That um, the umpires <laughs> are either like Alas. trying to doing this on purpose in order to either force uh, robot umpire technology <laughs> to to speed up and take over, or to demonstrate their value of making good calls to the league, and thus negotiate somehow. Which logic is a little sketchy there, but. Well, folks, you heard it here first. New conspiracy <laughs> in the MLB. The umpires banding together to give... Either for back, or against. Either for or against. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so some, something's happening. Being bad on purpose, right? Because there's mm-hmm. no way they could be this bad by accident. Definitely not. Um, do your... Do umpires... I don't even know how to ask this question. Um, do umpires change every game or are the umpires local? Um, there are teams that travel around. Um, it was done differently last season for COVID reasons. Um, but no, they're not local to the area. Okay. Because they want to, you know, uh, prevent favoritism, I guess. Mm, that makes sense. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, they they travel around in teams and then they, but I think they like, it's not the same four umpires at every single game. They mix up the teams of it's four per game and, you know, and they, they swap positions. So, you know, the same guy's not crouching behind the plate for three or four games. Oh, that's a nice. Series of I didn't even yes. think about that. That's yeah. actually a valid concern. Yeah. The NBA refs just run a lot. They do. Yeah. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And the, back. the MLB umps, oh, it may not have been the umps. It may have just been um, stadium staff. And I think a recent Dodgers game where like one umpire had to jump over like into the seats to get out of Whoa. the way of the ground ball and it bounced off the wall and caromed over to where another staff player was. And then he tries to outrun it. And it's one of those <laughs> where it like hits the wall and then runs along the side of the wall and he's trucking along trying to get out of the way. That's hilarious. I do enjoy so watching do... hockey um, <laughs> uh-huh. 
referees. I was going to say umpires, and I knew that wasn't right. Um, <laughs> skating away from the puck or like jumping into the the um, the bench to get away from the puck. Yeah, I'm sure there've got to be a bunch of super cuts on YouTube of. My refs favorite. diving to get out of the way. Yeah, my favorite with the hockey ones is when they always just like jump the mm-hmm. puck mm-hmm. because it just looks like like it's so fast. It just looks like they levitate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like up, up, and it makes me really wonder about the training that they go through for the the hockey refs. The, yeah, do you they know, do like, drills? No, I was actually just thinking about that. I wanted uh, like I know a little bit about this, but I want to kind of talk about that more in depth. So I'm going to add okay. that to my list. Please do because I would actually really love to yeah. know about that because it cracks me up. They every do time have their own little like training camp, and they oh, have, they must. They have like they line them up the along head the lines the... Yeah, shoot pucks out of them, make them shoot jump. pucks out of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anything else to add to your umpire conspiracy theory? There, you Rachel. Know, we you... will follow this story as it continues to develop throughout the season. Yes. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Well, speaking of the rest of the season, Rebecca, please enlighten us about the trade deadline and also further why it sucks. Yes, I will. (laughs) So um, in all of our sports, I believe we have a trade deadline. Um, Yes. What the trade deadline means is that you can trade like players can be traded throughout the season until a certain point. And that point this year was for hockey was April 12th at 3 p.m. So this is the last day that any of the teams have to trade players, um, trade picks in the upcoming drafts, things like this. After that point, no no inter-team roster changes or anything like that. Also, after the trade deadline, the roster cap is lifted. So typically throughout the season, there's 23, 23 cap roster, something like that. Um, and after the trade deadline, that's different. Um, there are also a whole bunch of other, other, um, like salary changes and things like that after the trade deadline. But because there is a deadline, this means that the maybe three weeks, but especially like the three days and the day of are littered with trades Mm -hmm. um people know that they have to they have to beat the clock to get this stuff in um and as i said the deadline was at three o'clock on monday the 12th but because it's the nhl and they still do things via fax machine (laughs) seriously yes poor interns yes um (laughs) sometimes you learn about the trades like an hour to two hours after the deadline because they're still processing paper that has come in (laughs) via fax the nhl what no carrier pigeons were available for this purpose i mean the (laughs) nhl headquarters are in new york city so probably pony express (laughs) um Okay, so every year there's usually a bunch of like middling trades, like one for ones, one for um, a pick, and there's one like blockbuster trade. Um, it's I I know Rachel is probably fighting sleep right now as I even talk about the <laughs> trade deadline, and I understand it, but I find it like oddly fascinating to watch this stuff. I literally block off my calendar every year so that nobody can schedule meetings on the trade deadline, so I can watch it all happen. Um, and this year, unfortunately, the blockbuster trade affected one of my favorite players, and this is why it sucks. 
So well, um, you were afraid that was going to happen, right? Uh, I mean, I'm always a little bit afraid it's going to happen um, because nobody is safe. Yeah. I, I mean, some people are safe. Like, Ovi is never going to get traded, right? But some of the... some of Well, the... that's what the Denver Rockies probably thought. Who did they trade? Colorado Rockies, Arenado. Colorado Rockies, oh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't have thought Joe Pavelski would get traded either. But a, a surprising <gasps> number of captains do get traded. But there are still, like, contract considerations. So if you have a no-trade clause or a no-move clause, right. you, the player, have to agree to waive that in order to be traded. Um, so so this year, um, the the blockbuster trade was Richard Ponick and Jacob Vrana, both from the Capitals, traded to the um, Detroit Red Wings for uh, Anthony Mantha, a 2021 first... No, 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 I'm sorry. Ponick and Verana, a 2021 first round pick and a 2022 second round pick were traded to the Detroit Red Wings for Anthony Mantha. So, oh, they can trade more than one year ahead in draft picks? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. NBA yeah. can, too. Yeah. Yep. I think we have three years out. We know three years out, something like that. So, yeah. so we essentially gave up four players for one for Anthony Mantha. Um, now, I'm not even going to go into the ways that I actually agree with this as a hockey trade because I don't care about hockey. I miss Jacob Rana already. Like I, I was surprised that I got legitimately a little bit teary that they traded him. I wasn't, I wasn't hugely surprised. I was a little surprised. Um, He played for us. He was part of the Stanley cup run. Um, He has his, his terrible Stanley cup tattoo on his forearm. <laughs> he's just um he's just a delightful little human. I mean, he's not actually that little. He's 6 feet tall. Um, but he's just he's just delightful and it it just made me sad to see him go. Now, at the same time, shortly after the trade, he scored four goals in one game against the Dallas Stars. So, like, the benefit to him (laughs) is that he's actually getting ice time. He's actually getting playing time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was yesterday I read a statistic that since the trade deadline, Jacob Rana has scored half of the Detroit Red Wings goals. (laughs) Well, I mean, on the Red Wings... Yeah, even I know. I know. I know. I, the, the news about them has filtered down to yes. me, and I know how bad yes. they are. But again, but it's good one of for those, him. But it's also one of those things like they have some talent. Like Anthony Mantha, who we just got, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, who knows what the hell is going on with that organization? Or excuse me, that organization, because that's how the NHL pronounces it. Um, but it was just, it was heartbreaking to see him go. I knew I was going to lose someone, but I didn't really know it was going to be him. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Thank you. Thank you. So I did want to, well, Matt um, Olson is playing first. I'm sorry. That's okay. I just finally got confirmation that Matt Olson is playing first base with that shiner. Right. So that's impressive. They gave him the, stupid. Uh, some painkillers. Yeah. Um, so Nancy mentioned um, future considerations in the, in the intro. Mm-hmm. And I've mentioned that on my, that's on my bio in the, on our, on our website that my greatest fear is being traded for future considerations. So, (laughs) so basically what it means is 
you can't trade a player for nothing, right? I can't just right. give you Joe Pavel- Joe Pavelski. Or I mean, you could listen if he was mine to give. I'm not even. Gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'll save that for Patreon after dark. Um, now, just kidding, We're back Joe. To the looking in sports. <laughs> oh God. That was Nancy Joe. That wasn't Rebecca. That was Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so so I can't just like give you a player, right? You have to give me. Is something. that a big problem? People wanting to give each other players. For I mean, nothing? sometimes yeah. depending on the player. Not not often, but what you give this me. This guy sucks so bad. I don't even want anything. Right. I'll pay you to right. take him. So yeah. I'll I'll give you this guy, and you give me future considerations. You give me something in the future to even this out. Um, famously, one player was exchanged for $1. Wow. $1. Yeah. That's the point at which you just retire. Right? This is why this is my greatest fear. (laughs) Um, But it could be like, you know, an egg sandwich. It could be dinner with the GM. It could be, you know, a box of kittens. I mean, if (laughs) I I could take the kittens with me. A box of kittens, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, future considerations are basically just, I'm, I'm essentially giving you this player, but I'm not allowed to give it to you. So just at some point, give me something. It almost never turns into draft picks or prospects or anything like. So it's not even worth like writing IOU on a cocktail napkin. No, in fact, you could write IOU on a cocktail napkin and hand it over and that could be the exchange. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's future considerations. It sounds like a really good way of murdering someone's self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to interrupt and give a brief update that I just got a, a notification alert from friend of the pod, Jess, who wanted to make sure that we knew that Marcus Simeon has hit a, a home run today. Awesome. In his game for the Blue Jays. <laughs> so thank you, Jess, for taking care of Marcus Simeon for us. Please tell him we love yes. him and we're very proud of him getting his home run. Yes. The Blue Jays are coming to town soon, so we will get to see him. But it's going to be weird Yay. to see him in a different yeah, uniform. It's super weird. Are they allowing for the players when they do that? Are they allowing um, people in stadiums? Yes. Yep. Uh, A's Coliseum is allowing people in pods of two or four. Um, I'm not sure. Would you consider exactly going? how they're? Because it's outside. Um, I. Ask me again after I've uh, had my second shot and I've the two week uh, buffer period Fair. afterwards. I might yeah. I might think about it. That's how I feel too. Like I was uh, so I got my first shot this week, which is terrific, and I was surprised at how much more free I feel even after the first shot, which is dumb because yeah, it's too. not you know. But it's like the knowledge that it's now in process. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. like frees up so much more brain space mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, I'm like we're we're making legitimate progress. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I agree, Rachel. Like after I'm I have passed the waiting period, going to the A's an A's game outdoors with a mask on, like. I might feel okay about it. Less sold on the Chase Center. Although they are doing, uh, you have to be vaccinated or provide negative COVID tests. So like. Yeah. I was just curious. I, cause I feel the same way. And you know, I've been vaccinated for mm-hmm. fully vaccinated for almost two months now. Wow. Almost two months. Um, and I'm still very uncomfortable in places with many, many people. Mm-hmm. 
I think we all will be yeah. for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Upcoming. Yeah, we have a we have a friend whose birthday is in the first half of June. And all of our little friend group will be fully vaccinated by then. And so we've started talking about like, oh, we can get together. And like, I offered our backyard. And then I had this moment of like, wait, it's not big enough. We could actually be inside. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, not that it was not big enough, but that like, it would be okay if we interacted. Yeah. Yeah. And that was weird. Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you as, as you know, I've, I traveled once with my pod over, or maybe twice mm-hmm. with my pod over, um, over the last year, not like plane travel, like driving travel. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really nice being in that group of people that I trusted to take care of themselves and care of mm-hmm. me. And like, so having that, having that, um, with people, you know, Mm-hmm. is a real I think is probably going to be the best way for us to like reacclimate to social situations yeah. no you're probably right well anything else on the trade deadline or the uh effects and consequences thereof no just that I hate it this year sorry <laughs> it's fine I guess I'll get over my, it my deepest sympathies thank you I appreciate it well I want to go back to a thing we were talking about at the beginning. Well, want is a strong word. I'm going to go back to a thing (laughs) we were talking about at the beginning of this. um, About women's sports and the investment in them and the return on investment and how this is very often a talking point for people who feel one way or another Mm -hmm. about women's sports. Right. And... Uh, the reason I want to talk about this is because we have in the past, I have frequently particularly said that I really like Draymond Green and that I think he's a terrific player and really smart and all of these things. And I still think those things, but he had a real bad hot take in real bad. the last month. Real bad. Real bad. <laughs> like embarrassing um, bad. Like embarrassing bad. Yeah. So I, you know, it did not feel correct to let that pass <laughs> since we have uh, professed to, to like and praise him. Uh, now, a little backstory to this, I think, is that Draymond Green is kind of not officially, but unofficially cultivating a career path for after he's, you know, for when he retires of being a commentator, like a color commentator, mm-hmm. like that's probably going to be his job. He's done some moonlighting as that here and there for various uh, sports networks. And they he's pretty him. good he's at very- it. He's very good at it. He's he's very good at knowing what's going on. He's very smart. He's witty. He's got a sharp tongue, you know. Sometimes uh, but that too means, sharp. Exactly. <laughs> it means that he is a little prone, I think, to uh, wanting to talk about things in a loud and opinionated way because it builds that reputation of like, you know, Draymond's got thoughts and opinions on things, right? So fine, like whatever. That's a legitimate career strategy i respect that but he came out with a hot take about women's sports which was basically that female sports players should stop complaining about not getting paid enough and should instead work to get people to invest more and publicize more now goodbye this isn't yes (laughs) it's funny kind of in the way that, like, this is a very old take. You know, this was not, 
<laughs> this is not a new thing Draymond Green thought of. No. This is a uh, tired, worn take on what's been going on. And uh, as Megan Rapino said, uh, he, quote, showed his whole ass <laughs> in <laughs> tweeting these things. Um, and I just want to read a little bit from an article here uh, by a guy named Mike Sykes II uh, that's on USA Today, because he gives, I think, a, a good summation, both of what Draymond said and what the response was. So I says, I, Draymond went on an internet rant on how to properly grow women's sports. In a series of tweets, he touched on a range of things, the pay gap with women's sports and the WNBA in particular, as well as a lack of proper media coverage. And his solution in his mind seemed to be for the women in the WNBA to call on the companies to support them. And he doubled down a few days later at a Warriors practice saying, and this is quoting Draymond, I'm really tired of seeing them complain about the lack of pay because they're just doing themselves a disservice by just complaining. They're not laying out the steps they can take to change that. And so it's coming off as a complaint because the people that can change it, they're just going to continue to say the revenue isn't there. They're going to keep using that. But the reality is, as true as that is, it's an excuse because everyone says we support women, we support women's empowerment, and everyone uses it to their advantage. But yet these women are not using these people that are saying those very things to their advantage, so then it just becomes a complaint that falls on deaf ears. So he's getting at a real thing here, which is that companies like have figured out that saying you're pro-women's empowerment is a good thing, and then you don't have to do anything else the rest of the time. If you just say it, that's enough. So right, he's right. right about that. Like the thing that he is getting to is correct. But the piece where he blames women for that. For their own disadvantaged yes. status. Uh-huh. Yeah. Goodbye, So sir. the article goes on to say, this is just incorrect on a couple of levels. First and most importantly, Green is putting the onus on women to deconstruct the systematic inequalities that they didn't create. He's completely ignoring the power structures in place. He's asking them to put pressure on the powers that be, when in actuality, the ones who should be doing that are the men of the NBA and others who benefit from the patriarchal power structure of society. That's... They're the ones with the power to do it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Draymond, this is not on them. It's on you. Like, if, mm -hmm. if you find yep. this so odious, you say something mm -hmm. about it. You mm -hmm. talk to your sponsors. Come on, man. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, secondly, Green is totally dismissing the work that has been done. These women aren't just complaining. They've been doing the work and have been for a while. Uh, gives a list of examples. And uh, quotes a few people, like uh, Christina Williams, who is the... Or, uh, sorry. No. Christina Williams, founder of Girls Talk Sports TV, says, I think what I'm feeling is a lot of miseducation and ignorance. I appreciate Draymond coming out and using his platform to talk about it, but I'd like to take it a step further and continue the discussions. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was, sorry, I'm, it, that woman, Christina Williams, was quoting uh, Neka Ogwumike, who is the WNBA Players Association president. Sorry for the confusion there. Um, but yeah, uh, Laisha Clarendon, I don't know if it's Laisha or Laisha, uh, shout out to NBA guys who come to tell people in women's sports what they need to do to grow the game. Thanks, now we'll ask for more resources, tell the powers that be to tell our stories more and generally just start to push things like the NBA. Problem solved. Thanks, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Sue Bird uh, responded because uh, Megan Rapinoe was <laughs> had had real comments, and then it came to uh, back to Sue Bird because she's Megan Rapinoe's uh, uh, fiance, and she said. Uh, as it pertains to Draymond, to be honest, the sad part is that he does have a platform. He had every chance to really get in the nuance of this conversation because a lot of those conversations around women's sports live in the nuance. There are reasons why investments are the way they are. There's a reason why the media coverage is the way it is. It's not as simple as, oh, they don't have revenue. That's actually the easy way out. Yeah, he was using his platform. Yep. Talking. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yep, pretty much. Um, so he did then basically come out and say his his. He pulled his, his pants had, back up. Yeah, <laughs> he put his no, whole ass not, away. Oh, no, man. no, like it. maybe half a butt cheek. Damn like it. he might have. Uh, he basically said his comments had been misconstrued and that he does. You know, he obviously supports the women's game and the women's sports, which I think he does. Like I think that is right a genuine thing. It's just he was being real dumb about. How? how to handle it yeah yeah um so so i don't you know i don't know that i want to spend much more time on it than that right but it, it was just it was one of those things where it was such a perfect example of what happens so frequently right yeah, yeah. that men in particular look at the institution of women's sports and how it functions and say oh well here's your problem <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make enough money if it made more money, more people would be interested. Really? It's like a... Mm. I don't, I don't just think a very that's how it works. Easy surface level attempt at solving a... Right. Deep systemic problem. Mm -hmm. Yes. Exactly. A thread that keeps coming up over and, and over again. <laughs> all think they're geniuses because they have the solution. With yeah. a layer in this particular case of... Of, of sexism, I think, misogyny, because that interpretation of all the women are doing is complaining. Yeah. I think it's particularly... I found that more offensive yeah. than the ignorance of the women's game, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think he, you know, like, I think his intention... His intentions are good, but it was just a terrible... Sure. ...expression. So... Um, Do better, Draymond Green. You know, something that this reminded me of, we tweeted about it, that the um, National Women's Hockey League is increasing their salary cap. They're actually yes. doubling their, their salary cap to $300,000, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. That's a wonderful mm -hmm. um, increase. Terrific. But I, do, I did want to put it a little bit in context here. The <laughs> entry-level contract for an individual player in the Nash mm -hmm. Men's National Hockey League is $700,000. The lower limit on the team salary cap, right? So there's there's an amount that the team salary can't team salary cannot exceed. There is also one that it cannot be lower than. The lower mm -hmm. limit is sixty point two million dollars. Yep. And we're we're fucking thrilled that the women's hockey players, as a team, mm -hmm. are getting three hundred thousand dollars. And don't get me wrong, I am actually thrilled about that because. A 100% yeah. increase in a given year is huge, no matter what your context yeah. is. However, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, if if a rookie in the NHL gets paid twice what your whole team does, yep, that seems like a problem. Yep, correct. Anyway, 
for on the record, that is a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Duly noted. Uh, okay. Well, I think we have come to the to the fun and hopefully uplifting, hopeful <laughs> part of our pod today, which is the Olympics. Yay! Bringing well, us together do, around do, the world uh, to celebrate excellence in sport. You may want to temper some of those expectations right quick. Um, no. So yeah, this uh, the heading in my notes is 2020 Olympics? Question mark? <laughs> Shrug emoji. So here's the latest as of May 2nd, 2021. Um, they are still going to go ahead as planned uh, starting in July, despite a coronavirus surge in Japan mm. that has caused the government to declare the third state of emergency since the pandemic started. Um, the latest news is last Wednesday, the IOC introduced a new playbook that details the the protocols that everybody's going to take. These are just some of the uh, basic overviews. Um, So they had already decided, I think in March that there were, they were not going to allow overseas spectators. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's not new. Um, They're delaying the decision on whether or not to allow domestic spectators until June. Mm. Why not just leave it till the last minute? Right. Um, Well, those numbers might go down. I mean, it's a small country. They don't have to travel far. True. Uh, <laughs> there's so there's no vaccination mandate for um, the uh, anybody coming in. Which you know, given that there are a lot of smaller, less wealthy countries competing, you know, unless they were able to provide vaccinations mm-hmm. for them, um, which you know, of course, by the time they get to Japan. It's too late to start the course of Mm -hmm. uh, vaccinations. Um, But athletes must be tested daily and support staff must be tested regularly. Whatever that means. (laughs) Visitors have been asked to avoid public transit, which I can't even imagine. That just made me think of Japanese public transit for the first time. And I have been there and I have been not, not even at rush hour. But the, the videos you see of the men in the white gloves physically packing people mm-hmm. onto trains, that is real. That happens. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So uh, I can't even imagine, you know, adding ten th- tens of thousands of people to that. Um, there are no provisions for testing or safety for volunteers uh, other than a mask mandate. There are a lot of nurses already saying that they don't want to be expected to volunteer for this. I can't imagine um, why. The scariest quote I found from a Washington Post article, uh, Health Minister Norihisa Tamura warned Olympic organizers that they would have to secure their own hospital beds for anyone falling ill at the Games, explaining the government would not release beds set aside for Japanese COVID-19 patients. Wow. So I don't know how you even do that. Secure your own hospital beds. That's wild. I mean, I don't. I obviously don't know anything about the the healthcare system over there. I just the fact the fact that somebody wrote that sentence (laughs) and then didn't say, "Oh, we should probably postpone this or cancel it," just 
absolutely blows my fucking mind. Yeah. It's, and you're not alone because public polls of uh, Japanese citizens have shown that uh, as high as 80% of respondents want to either cancel or postpone again. I can imagine. I mean, who wants thousands of people from other countries with no vaccine mandates coming into your country right now? Yeah, it's, it's bonkers. Um, yeah, as of right now, only something like 1.3% of the population of Japan is fully vaccinated and hospitals are being overwhelmed right now. Um, and I did look into some of the cultural issues that, because it is, of course, you know, they're dealing with different things over there than Mm -hmm. we are here. And, you know, the Olympics are just adding a big old sack of shit on top of what they're already dealing with. Um, there's kind of a perception of like Japanese bureaucracy being rigid and not necessarily responding to public opinion. And of course the, you know, the presence of the IOC is complicating that. And you have a bunch of IOC officials who are saying, um, you know, we're following the science, not public opinion, Uh which no, no, you're not. (laughs) No, you're really not. Um, but I mean, it's, it's not, it doesn't seem to be a IOC versus Japanese government thing. The Mm -hmm. Japanese government seems to be 100% gung ho. We're doing this. We're just going to have to figure out how to do it. Uh Now, wouldn't it be Um, incredible marketing for one of these vaccine companies to just say, Hey, we're going to vaccinate every single Olympic athlete and staff person. We're starting right now. Just, we're just going to do that. Wouldn't that, like, wouldn't that set them apart? Like, yeah. even even in a capitalist world where that act is going to cost them more money, isn't that going to gain them more money in the long run? Like, why don't, they, like, of course, I'm, I'm well, saying that for the humanitarian because... and then, you know, the human piece of it. But why don't these companies see that, like, advertising? Well, because... I mean, at least in America, we're not getting to choose what shot we get, you know? Yeah. So, like, and, it's not... And I also, mean, I direct-to-consumer can't... advertising from, from drug companies is really only something that happens in America. Yeah. Uh, and I would imagine that they're just weighing the, you know, goodwill that they would get in America against... I hate everything. Yeah. It's... it's Wait, I shitty. thought this was supposed to be the uplifting part. I never promised that. I don't know where Nancy <laughs> got didn't. that. Nancy did. Um, so um, there are, of course, other issues in Japan. Population density is a huge one. I don't know how, you know, they're managing to... And let's make it worse. ...do social distance. Social distance. I mean, fortunately, masks are already part of the culture there. Mm-hmm. And you wear a mask when you're sick because you want to not get other people sick. Crazy. Amazing. Amazing. Um... There's also, I thought this was really interesting. I saw mentioned in a couple of articles. So the next uh, Olympics lined up are the 2022 Summer Olympics in Beijing. Mm -hmm. And there is a sense of not wanting to, quote unquote, lose to China in terms of being the first to host the first uh, post-pandemic Olympics. Um, And, you know, without getting into... But this isn't (laughs) post-pandemic. I mean... (laughs) They're this calling is after, it what they're calling this it. This is after the start of the pandemic, but not after the yeah. end of it. Yeah. So, you know, without going into a whole lot of East Asian history that I only know a tiny fraction of, um, there's some mm-hmm. historical cultural issues there. Yeah. And something else that was also interesting is part of the reason for that very, very low vaccination rate 
is a lack of public confidence in vaccines and foreign right. drugs in general in yeah. Japan. And it's not, you know, it's not completely unfounded. It's not the same, you know, anti-vaxxer sentiment mm-hmm. we're seeing here that's just like, well, we don't trust science. It's based on some very real historical issues. The one article traced back to, you know, U.S. occupied Japan after World War II and, and forcing people to get vaccines. Sure. Um, stuff as recently as 1993, there was a, a tainted MMR vaccine. Right. Right. I mentioned this when we talked about this a few episodes ago. Oh, but yeah? I couldn't remember exactly what, what, whether it was the 80s or, or when, but it was as late as 93. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, and there have been other, not even necessarily vaccines, but other medications that were tested and developed overseas that did not do studies particularly on Asian participants. And thus, you know, side effects started to show themselves in Japanese populations that didn't in Western populations. Uh-huh. Um, so there's a tendency to distrust safety studies that are done overseas, which you can I mean, you know, entirely 100% understand. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's all the the stuff that's kind of boiling under the surface here. Um, So like I say, IOC and Japanese leaders seem to be in agreement here, um, but it's actually the IOC that might have more to lose if the games don't go on. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Japan, their tourism industry is already going to be losing out um, with the lack of overseas visitors. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess the IOC for the past, I hadn't heard a whole lot about this. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the Olympics and non-Olympic times. Um, have been having trouble in the past few years getting bizar- bidders for host cities hmm. um, because people don't want the, the expense and the bother at this point. Wow. Yeah. So, again, we will see um, what happens going forward. I, It is hard to imagine this going off and going well, you know, um, yeah. and the Olympics not turning into a super spreader event. So, I don't know. Well. I mean, I guess it's a lot of people. I was going to say, if they're not allowing crowds, like if they're not allowing international travel except for the athletes and their staff, it's less of a super spreader event, at least. But no, it's, it's really not a mega bad. super spreader event. And just there's a just no good answer here because I know event. the athletes, you know, they don't want to lose oh, out on their yeah. chance that's no. maybe once in a lifetime. Yeah. Um, so the athletes, I'm sure, are, are largely pro olympics going on is scheduled well, and I mean, you know even aside from like the cultural stuff like i can't I, I imagine for any country that's hosting it like the just the pressure not to like just to not cancel the olympics right <laughs> yeah like must yeah. be huge right yeah. Like, yeah and you don't want to be the country that you know right that failed at it exactly even if there was no way to succeed right yeah totally so we are once again left with a question mark and a shrug emoji. <laughs> Olympics? Question mark? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you know, it's a good, good. I mean, they used to hold note. the Summer Olympics and Winter Olympics in the same year up until they 1994. That's true. Yep. So yep. I don't know. For all you youngins out there, we used to get our Olympics <laughs> all at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the Olympics in one year. Yeah, I can't decide which of those. I like better, actually. I mean, I do like the the spreading it out a little bit. I think it's that's fun to neat. have it more frequently. But on the other hand, like I do remember as a kid, like there being something very special about an Olympic year. You know, mm-hmm. 
And you don't get that as much now when it's like literally every other year is mm-hmm. an Olympic year, right? Yeah. So and it I did seem see more of like ways. a unified thing yeah. when it was mm-hmm. in the same year. Yeah, especially if you did like winter, summer, para-Olympics, like three of them all in the same year would be like, that'd be fun. I mean, we may be heading back to that at this rate. We might. We, <laughs> we, we might end up there. We'll see. All right. Well, any final thoughts or comments or ideas or feelings or <sighs> deep sighs? Yeah. it's about all I got. I'm out all of right. feelings and thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> A's did pull ahead, but then the Orioles tied it. So it's four to four at the top of the sixth. Well, there's still time. Yeah, still a lot of baseball left to play, right? Always. (laughs) Always a lot of baseball left to play. Well, I I have an uplifting note to end on. Steph Curry in the month of April scored, I believe it was 96 three-pointers. Jesus. Which they introduced the three-pointer a couple decades ago, and it took, I want to say, nine years of people shooting the three-pointer before somebody scored 96 three-pointers in a season so to put that in so he's for you. he's pretty good is what you're telling me he, he we might want to keep him around for a little okay. longer all right all right <laughs> yeah okay mm-hmm. all right yep. steph you can stay <laughs> rebecca where can the people find us the people can find us on the internet specific (laughs) log on to the internet yes just log on to the internet and just start talking you'll find us eventually um our website (laughs) is foulpuckpodcast.net you can email us at foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com and we are most active on twitter and instagram twitter is foulpuckpod and instagram is foulpuckpodcast all right and i would like to thank joe for doing our editing and uh kevin mcleod at incompetech.com for our music And I would like to encourage all of our listeners and supporters to please go and leave us a review and a five-star rating on the platform of your choice, but especially if that platform of choice is iTunes. Uh, It helps us get higher in the rankings and thus pick up some more listeners, which we would love to do because we like like more friends. We want to roll deep, so bring your peeps. Uh, And yeah, thank you all for listening. We'll be back with more hot takes that are better than Draymond Green's. Uh, probably next week. Nice little bar to clear. Yeah, I was going to say, don't set the bar too high. <laughs> never. I would never. I have been and continue to be Nancy. I'm mostly Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. And this has been Foul Punk. <laughs>